0: Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new episode of Nathan's Real Talk. In this podcast, we talk about true crime cases that not many people talk about. I'll dig deep and discuss all the facts. Are you ready? Because it's going to be a killer show. everybody. We're back with a new episode. It is episode 12, part 2 of the Ohio Missing Family and Their Neighbor. What did y'all think of episode 1? Crazy, right? Before I start into this case, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to my podcast agency and the social media team for helping me grow Nathan's Real Talk. Now, without further ado, let's get into part 2. Part <laughs> 2
1: this is the tree investigator saying Matthew Hoffman left the remains
0: of his victims. Hold on, hold on. Back it up. So in that last episode, we talked about Matthew Hoffman and what happened the day of Wednesday, November 10th. Let's hear verbatim what actually went down from Special Agent Joe Diaz and Special Agent Kristen Kudo.
1: He said that he had just identified the house the day before. November 9th. That he had gone and spent the night across the street in a sleeping bag. Tina left. He felt like she had gone to work and she was going to be gone for a while. He stuck with his story that this was simply a home invasion for theft. And Tina came home unexpectedly. Said that he just wanted to hit her over the head and knock her out but she wouldn't go unconscious and in the midst of attacking her stephanie just came into the house she just walked into the place came upon this and then when there were two people there he basically felt out of control and had to start stabbing
0: people out of control and just start stabbing people nah he crazy what the fuck
1: he says he didn't expect the children to come home so early and he heard them coming in and accosted them at the door. when he got down to just having the 13 year old girl he believed he didn't need to kill her because he felt like he could subdue her. So that's why he did that out of basically the kindness of his heart.
0: No he his okay so he kills three people, murders the dog, kidnaps the girl. How did he just pull out three dead people? out of the house and the little girl, and no one noticed. What did he do with the bodies? How did he get them out of the house? Like, I'm so confused.
1: Mr. Hoffman described how he took care of the bodies by processing them. And he thought, well, I'll put them in the tree. You know, he knew of this tree, he spent a lot of time in the woods, and that then he would go get gasoline
0: come back and burn the house down okay so he cuts up the bodies puts them in a random tree and takes the little girl back to his house so on November 11th through November 14th. They are searching Tina's house. The police are searching everywhere. They're asking everybody. They're doing the investigation. And finally, they see on November 13th or November 14th. What what does the file say? November 14th, they find a large tarp and large garbage bags with the receipt from the local Walmart and those items were found in the garage. The police obtained video from the Walmart and saw Hoffman buying the items and on November 14th they raided Hoffman's home. They found the girl and what they found also in the house I'm sorry but it is weird. Just found in Matthew Hoffman's home is both weird and disturbing his floors were covered in leaves his floors were covered in leaves his walls were installed with trash bags filled with leaves but they weren't like trash bags they were like Kroger bags like on his wall that looked like installation anyway It's November 14th, he's in police custody. Sarah's rescued, but police don't have any indication on where Tina, Stephanie, and Cody are. They aren't even 100% sure if they are alive or dead. Matthew isn't saying a word. Days are going by. He's even been told, he was even told that he is more than likely going to get the death penalty. But, really?
1: Apparently, between the Knox County prosecutor and the attorneys, they had decided on the deal of taking the death penalty off the table. Once the, the deal was made, that's when he was willing to give up where the bodies were.
0: So, on November 17th, he gives up where the bodies are. He tells them that he put the bodies in a tree, in the Knox County Preservation Forest. November 18th, they go around looking for the tree. They see trees, they're looking, they're looking, and finally, Detective Diaz finds a tree.
1: There's this large beech tree there, about 70 feet up, the branch is kind of wide out. I could see that about seven foot above the ground, there was what appeared to be a knot hole. I could see that there was a black garbage bag in there. And obviously that was confirmation we needed to believe that that was in fact the tree.
0: That's so crazy. A knot hole, a knot hole. And he found the tree. It wasn't like a dog or anything because the trees were so thick, but a knot hole that is so small. That is ridiculous.
1: I remember investigators saying they brought a a dog out there and the dog didn't hit on the tree because it was so thick. He went up to the very top of the tree and he dropped the bags the whole way down to the bottom. They had to pull all the bags out and open them all up. Basically, make sure we had every body part. That scene is not something that you can forget.
0: No, I can't even imagine. <sighs> but they couldn't get the bodies out of that knot hole, so they had to carve out a bigger hole, and a man had to climb up on a seven foot ladder. And go into the tree basically, and get each bag up and throw them on the bottom, and then they had to open the bags, and then they looked in there and looked all the bottom points.
1: This is the tree. Investigators say Matthew Hoffman left the remains of his victims. The hole you see here, cut by investigators, to retrieve the three.
0: I had to cut a whole, uh, a whole hole <laughs> out of the tree. Matthew Hoffman. <sighs> he is he went to court, was found guilty, obviously. He is in a life in prison without parole. Finding the pleased to be voluntary, the court accepts the pleas and finds the defendant guilty. Guilty. He was sentenced. So what this case happened November. 10th through the 18th of 2010 he was sentenced to life in prison without parole on January 6 2011 and one of Stephanie's friends um, I reached out to her for a comment and this is what she had to say
1: life in prison is not enough justice for Matthew Hoffman but
0: there's also judgment day she's right judgment day i hope y'all enjoyed this case of the ohio missing family and their neighbor thank you for tuning into nathan's real talk let me know what you guys think and stay tuned for next week for a new case